All right, let's have a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, thank you so much for this day. What a great privilege it is to be in your house today. Thank you for these that have come to join Bible Baptist. Father, I pray that they would be a true asset, and Father, that we would be able to help them as well. Father, I pray that you would continue to work in our midst, even here today. Father, that your will and your way would be done. Thank you for the song this morning and the message contained therein. Father, how great you are. And Father, we just pray that you would continue to mold us and shape us into your image. Help us to be what you've called us to be. Help us to fulfill our purpose here on this earth. And Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever thought about why humans, human beings do what they do? Anybody? Sometimes it's just incredible to me how crazy human beings can be. I think I'm going to have a permanent indent in my forehead where my palm has met quite extremely hard right about there. Forehead, meet palm very quickly because of how interesting human beings can be. Maybe I'm the only one here with this problem, but I just can't help but asking, what were you thinking when you put that on this morning? Or what were you thinking when you decided to say that? Or what were you thinking when you decided to do that? What were you thinking? We were just recently in Niagara Falls and we went through a bit of a museum there, which if you want to go through a museum, it's basically a lot of barrels, okay? And, but I literally have to ask myself the question, what were you thinking going over Niagara Falls in a barrel? Like, is there not something else that you could go over in if you're going to go over? Like, what are you thinking? I have this problem. In school, uh, we took theology courses, and one of the courses that we took was called anthropology. Anthropology is basically simply the study of humanity, studying mankind and what they have done. Anthropology studies customs, activities, traditions, languages, spirituality, norms, uh, behaviors, belief systems, physical conditions, family structures, uh, social bonding, worldviews, and the list could go on and on and on. We're just trying to understand human beings, right? And all the men are like, yeah, we've got it all down. We know those human beings that are sitting next to us so well. Wrong. It's extremely interesting to me to find out that culture physical conditions, activities, traditions, they all change. Okay, if you look at St. Thomas, Ontario in 1950, I guarantee you it looks different than it does in 2023. Things change. Culture changes. Activities change. All kinds of things. But at their core, human beings have pretty much stayed the same for millennia. They really have. And it's pretty easy to go back through and see there are two basic motivations of human behavior that drive a person's will to achieve something. Two basic motivations. Those two motivations are simply this. Ready? Self and social. Two basic motivations are self and social. Now there are all kinds of different things that stem really from these two things, but motivated by self can manifest itself in all kinds of different ways. Mainly our own fleshly desires, like food. I love food. Food is so good. In fact, all I can think about right now is food because we're talking about food. We just, in our small group, we're talking about fasting. That's convicting to me because I like food so much. 
Okay, so this is selfish desires. We could talk about sex. We could talk about thirst. We could talk about all kinds of different things here under selfish desires. Motivated by self can also be the desires of our eyes. We look at something, we want it, and we will do whatever it takes to get it. It's, it's coveting. Okay, so we see these two things. Motivated socially manifests itself by trying to fit into society. It's what causes us to be, try to become socially acceptable in everything that we do. And often we'll do whatever it takes for self-preservation. And we'll, we will do almost whatever it takes for social status. Human beings are social creatures. Once the social norm has been set, it is, we do our best to try to fulfill our desires and our desires of the society. 1 John chapter 2 actually describes these motivations in this way. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. These are the three basic motivations. I combine lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes in the self. This is what I want. This is what I see. This is what I want to accomplish. And then the pride of life is social. Hey, I want everybody to look at me and say, I am amazing. I want to climb the social ladder. But 1 John chapter 2 and verse 17 actually introduces a third motivation. The Bible says this, and the world passeth away. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Okay, so the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, those things are going to pass away. The world's going to pass away too. But notice the end of the verse. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I want to introduce to you a third motivation. That third motivation is simply spiritual spiritual we have self self motivation we have social motivation and their third one is a spiritual motivation so three basic motivations for human behavior i have one main question to ask you today what is your motivation self social or spiritual for any message to hit home, every single one of us has to be honest with ourselves. So I want you to seriously ask yourself today, what is your motivation? Again, oftentimes we can get them intertwined and mingled and confused. Well, uh, this is really all social when in reality it's all about yourself. Well, this is really spiritual, but in reality, it's all social. And so we have to be very, very honest with ourselves this morning. I want you to ask yourself this question, what am I motivated by? Self, social, or spiritual? Peter and John, in Acts chapter 2 and 3, had just seen the lame man healed. We're going to Acts chapter 4. I apologize for not letting you know that earlier. Peter and John had just seen this lame man healed. The lame man that had laid at the beautiful gate just before the temple for nigh unto 40 years since he was born. This lame man is healed. He leaps up. He praises God. He lets everybody know that God healed him. 
And then all the people come running. Hey, we just heard this guy got healed. I want to know what's going on. What's, What's happening? What's changing? What happened? All the people come running. And Peter, realizing this, gets to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and 5,000 men accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. The rulers of the temple did not like this at all. So they have Peter and John arrested and held overnight. But it's in this little meeting behind closed doors that we can see the motivations of human behavior begin to present themselves very, very clearly. I'm going to read through this passage, and just as a challenge to you, I want to see if you can pick out the characters and which motivations they have. So let's go to Acts chapter 4. We'll begin in verse 5. And it came to pass on the morrow, okay, so they held them overnight, that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, And as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. When they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And behold, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. From these first verses of this confrontation we can already begin to see some motivators maybe you picked up on some of them already i want you to notice verse six verse six and annas the high priest and caiaphas and john and alexander watch this right here and as many were of the kindred of the high priest there's a family affair right this is what we call today nepotism Okay, uh, the high priest and has a, he has a bunch of family around him, as many as the kindred, so their motivation was in order to hold on to what they had, and so it kept it all in the family. Verse 7, you can see this, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, by what power or by what name have you done this? Hey, wh- who gave you guys permission to do this? Now it's serious to think and to understand a little bit about Jewish culture. In order to be the high priest, there was really only one way you could become one. Number one, family and training. Family and training. You can have the right family, no training. You still need training in order to become the high priest. In order to become a religious authority, you needed to be a part of the right family and have the right training. The priestly line was the line of Levites. Jacob had 12 sons. 
One of them was Levi. And so from that, the Levites, there was a son born whose name was Kohath. And from Kohath, someone was born named Amram. From Amram, Moses and Aaron were born, but Aaron is the priestly line. And from Aaron, Eliezer was born. And it's from Eliezer that we find the high priestly line. You're like, okay, what does all that matter? Here's what it matters. You had to be from the right family. If you weren't from the right family, this is why in verse 7 they say, by what power or by what name? What's the name? Is it Aaron? Is it Kohath? Is it Eleazar? By what name are you doing these things? And so you had to have the proper authorized training. You couldn't just up and become a high priest. You had to be trained. You had to have delegated authority. This is what they meant. Hey, Peter and John, you're not from the right family, and no one has given you authority. So what do you think you're doing? If any of us were in this position, often what we would do is we would roll over and just give up pretty quickly. Okay, I give up. I'm not really fitting into society very well here. You're right, I don't have the name. I don't have the power. I didn't come from the right family. I'm not of the right stock. My pride wants me to shut my mouth and just try to fit into the crowd. Hopefully you noticed verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, what's his motivation? Spiritual. Said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to the, all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. They were asking a legitimate question. But what they didn't know was they were lobbing Peter a softball. Hey, Peter, by what name? And he's like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the person that you crucified. He's raised from the dead. This is that stone, verse 11. Set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner, which is a reference back to the Old Testament. And then he says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved. Listen, Peter and John are not motivated by self or society here. They are definitely motivated spiritually. I want you to see that as we continue this story, verse 15. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, so they send Peter and John out of the room. They conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And notice, they say, we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightway, straightly threaten them, that they may speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them. And command them to not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. 
So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing, how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. Hopefully you can see these things already, but I want to show you this morning the two agendas at play here. Number one is the agenda is this, don't let the name of Jesus spread. Don't let the name of Jesus spread. We don't want the name of Jesus spoken. We don't want the name of Jesus ever uh, to spread throughout the country. And they're like, oh guys, it's going so fast. Why? Because their personal gain would be lost. These were the men who put the rubber stamp on Jesus being crucified. They just killed an innocent man. We don't want any more spoken of this guy. He's done. He's dead. He's gone. As well, they had a prominent position to keep. So their personal gain, their self-worth would go down very quickly. And their prominent position would be eradicated because Jesus came saying, listen, you don't need a high priest anymore. I'm your high priest. You, you don't need this anymore. You have now access to God. You don't need to go through the holy of holies anymore. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. And so they would lose their personal gain and prominent position. Again, you can see that in verse 17 and 18. Hey, we don't want it to spread any further. And don't you dare speak in the name of Jesus again. Okay, so that's, that's agenda number one. Don't let it spread. Agenda number two is this. Let's spread the name of Jesus as quickly as possible. You can see that in verse 19 and 20. Hey, Peter and John say, whether it be right to, uh, in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. But we just can't speak things which, unless we've seen and heard it. Hey, you guys want us to stop? We want to keep going. There's two agendas at play. Halt it. Or spread it. As we're thinking about our lives and our motivations, let me ask you this question. Of the two agendas in this story, which agenda do we fall into at work? Which agenda do we fall into at work? Many of us would say, well, I don't want to lose my job or my position. So I'm not going to say anything about Jesus. Obviously, there's a time and a place, right, at work. But many of us will speak to no man in the name of Jesus in order to keep our position, our status. Or will we be motivated by the name of Jesus? Will we let those we work with know the name of Jesus? Will we proclaim it? Again, time and place. But will you proclaim him? Which agenda are you? Which agenda do you fall into when you're at the gym? Well, I don't want anybody to think that I'm a Jesus freak. So I'm just going to only talk about gym stuff at the gym. Or will we be motivated by the name of Jesus and let those we go to the gym with know the name of Jesus. Which agenda do we fall into when we're on vacation? Well, I'm on vacation. I can do 
and say whatever I want and no one will know the difference? Or will we be motivated by the name of Jesus and let those we vacation with know the name of Jesus? Which agenda do we fall into when we're on social media? Well, I have X number of thousands of followers. And if I let them know I follow Jesus, they will unfollow me. Or will we be motivated by the name of Jesus? And let those we influence on social media know about the name of Jesus Christ. Which agenda do we fall into when we're just hanging out with friends? Well, I might lose some of my friends if I let them know about Jesus. Or will we be motivated by the name of Jesus and let our friends know about the name of Jesus Christ? You see, Peter and John are not thinking about themselves here. They're not thinking about their social status. And let's be honest, they are killing any societal a hierarchy that they ever wanted right here. You see, Judaism is very much a religious culture. And so in the religiosity, the higher up the religious ladder you go, the higher up the social ladder you go. I realize in North America that is not the same thing. It is not even close to the same thing. But you have to realize that Jesus was anti-culture. He came in preaching and teaching that he was God, and they crucified him for claiming he was so. And so he was anti the culture, but I want you to understand this. It's still the same today. Some of you may have grown up in the 50s and 60s where it wasn't anti. I, I never did. My entire life, has been as much against Jesus as possible. The culture has tried and tried and tried to push Jesus. Listen, I had friends that went to public school. Guess what? They weren't praying or reading the Bible in public school in my day. Some of the teenagers that sit here and go to public school, they're like, yeah, that's not even close. Listen, our society is anti-Jesus. And so we sit and we think, all right, I have to fit into society. Or, Jesus, you really don't fit into who I want to be. And listen, I'm not standing up here trying to say, you need to be brash. And you need to be hard. And you need to be just telling people that everywhere that you go, that they're all going to hell. That's not what I'm trying to say. But listen, most of us will not even attempt To speak the name of Jesus. Again, for fear of society. For fear of self being deprecated or for whatever reason you want to put yourself in. I think it's legitimate to ask this question this morning. Why would anyone want to be motivated spiritually by the name of Jesus? Why would anybody rather be motivated spiritually than self or social? Why would anybody want to give up themselves and social influence for the sake of Jesus Christ? Don't you realize that society runs the world? Don't you understand that you can never climb any ladder unless you fit into society? 
After all, it's far more beneficial to fit in and be at the top of society, right? Most of us, when we look at physical benefits, that's how we look, right? Am I, am I alone? I'm going to need somebody to answer with their head or something. Listen, we all want to drive nice cars. We all want to have a good job. We all want to have a nice house. We all want to have all of those things. And we don't want to jeopardize that for anything. And listen, I'll stand here and proclaim the same exact thing. I feel that. I happen to work with Christians, at least I think. But I, I feel what you feel. I feel the society. I feel the pressure. I feel all of these things. But listen, this is no different than what these men in the Bible were going through. This is no different than anybody all across time has ever gone through. Go back to 14th, 15th century. It was not a fun time to be a Christian. I want you to understand this, that society, though it may run the world and though it may be as glorious as we all think it is, let me be very clear, it is only temporary. It is only temporary. I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9. There's a lot of context around this, but for sake of time, the Bible says in verse 9. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted in who's him? Jesus Christ. You can see that in verse 5. Watch this. And given him a name which is above every name. Watch this. That at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow and every tongue confess. Things in heaven and things in earth. Sorry, I went way ahead of things in heaven and things of earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's going to come a day, everybody. There's going to come a day where all society is going to bow before Jesus Christ. There's coming a day where every single individual, even yourself, is going to bow before Jesus Christ. There's coming a day where every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Whether they like it or not, they're going to realize it. It may not be happening right now, though, right? It may not be happening right in this moment where everybody at your workplace, everybody at your school, everybody in your neighborhood, all your friends are going, yeah, Jesus Christ is Lord. That may not be happening right now, but it will. You see, so often we as Christians, you know what we get caught up? We get caught up in the short game. We get caught up in the here and now, and listen, I'm putting myself in that position as well. But we are made for far more than societal influence. 
We are made for far more than just fulfilling our fleshly, selfish desires. Listen, we are made for the spiritual purpose of proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ to every creature. It is by far in our best interest and in the interest of society to spread the name of Jesus. I did not intended to do this, but I want you to think futuristically with me. There's coming a day when every person will stand before Jesus Christ. And he will either say, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord, or he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. At that moment, they're going to know question to you today is do you want to wait for your neighbor for your friend for your family member do you want to wait for that moment for them or do you want to give them a little bit of heads up you want to tell them hey there's there's coming a day I'm not trying to ask you to fear them into it. I'm trying to get you to realize, let's just speak the name of Jesus. Let's tell them, listen, not everybody's going to want to hear. These guys did not want to hear that. They did not want to hear. In fact, they threatened them. We'll find out later that they end up beating them. But listen, they were motivated by something far greater than self or society. They were motivated by Jesus. Let me ask you a question. How are you going to accomplish this? How are you going to accomplish this? Okay, everybody let's determine and work hard that we're going to just start talking about Jesus. There's an old song. I've been referencing old songs a lot lately. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of kings is he. Lord of lords supreme through all eternity. Let's talk about Jesus. Okay, let's try harder. Try harder, everybody. That'll last maybe a week if we're lucky. How, how do we do this Supernaturally. Against our fleshly desires, against the desire to hold ourselves up on societal preeminence. Well, there is no denying that Jesus was at work here. I want to go back through and just look at Acts chapter 4. Look at verse 13 with me. Almost done. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. Bible says this, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, hey, these guys have had no training, these guys have had no um, open opportunities, listen, they have never done this, they, this is not them, they're ignorant, notice, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, what? That they had been with Jesus. Verse 16, what shall we do to these men? For indeed a notable miracle hath, hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. Verse 19, Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God judge ye. Watch this, for we cannot but speak the things which we have what? Seen? And heard. There is no denying that Jesus 
was exuding from these men. You can't deny it. They took note. They figured they could see Jesus working through them. They couldn't deny that this man had been healed. And Peter and John are just like, hey, we just speak in the things that we've seen and heard. Very simply, they were, Jesus was living through them. Why? Because they had spent time with him. They had walked with him. They had talked with him. They had been uh, filled with his spirit just a few days ago. Listen, the miracle was done by Jesus. Nothing could be denied. Peter and John had seen and heard all that Jesus has done. These men were just exuding Jesus Christ because they had experienced Jesus. And they were not going to just roll over and play dead and let his name be silenced. They knew who he was. They had spent time with him. They had talked with him. They had walked with him. They knew he was real and that he rose again. They saw him. He was pouring out of them. He was pouring out of their hearts. He was pouring out of their words. He was pouring out of their actions. Just everything they did said to everybody else, man, they're just like Jesus. think, again, if we're being honest, the reason we choose to be motivated by self or society is because we've simply filled our hearts and our minds with those desires. We spend time on social media trying to figure out how to get more followers. We spend time at work trying to figure out how you can climb the corporate ladder. We spend time with our friends trying to be more popular. We spend time at the gym trying to get in shape. And you say, yeah, duh, that's what all those things are for. I would say wrong. All of those things are secondary. Should we not be spreading the name of Jesus? Should we not be so filled with him? Listen, if we are going to spread the name of Jesus, guess what we must be filled with? Him. We must be filled with him. We must have the right input to have the proper output. And all of us are sitting here today going, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know how I'm going to talk to my neighbor about Jesus Christ. I don't know how I'm going to talk to my my son's coach about Jesus Christ. I don't know how I'm going to fill in the blank. How am I going to do that? Listen, he's just going to come out of you. The more you put him in, the more it's going to come out. Listen, I have no problem in the world telling anybody in the world that I'm married. None. No problem whatsoever. My wife is beautiful. She's smoking hot. I love her. No problem to tell anybody that. I just told the World Wide Web that. I don't care. Why? Because I love her. I spend my time with her. I don't care. She's a part of who I am. We are one. Are you getting the correlation here? When Jesus is a part of who you are, you have no problem sharing that. Listen, marriage is not defined the way it used to be. I have no problem sharing that I am married to a woman. 
none. So why is it that we don't share Jesus Christ? Potentially because we're not one with him. We're not walking and talking with him. We're not spending time with him. The name of Jesus must be spread. It must. If you're in the habit of writing things down, I want you to write this down. Live your life to spread the name of Jesus. Live your life to spread the name of Jesus. Again, you were made for more than just living for self or society. You were made to live for Jesus. The question I started with was this. What is your motivation? Self, social, or spiritual? pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all you've done for us. Father, in reading through this passage, I, again, have been convicted of the lack of time, effort, And the fear of society that has played a role in my life. Father, I pray that as our society, our culture, all those things change. Father, we know from Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I pray that you would help us to proclaim you. I pray that we would let our light so shine before men that they might see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Father, would you live in us? Father, it's going to take some work. Put in a desire in us to spend time in your word. But Father, that desire does not force us to turn the pages of your word. We have to do that. Father, I beg and plead that the people that sit here in front of me today, myself included, the people online, Father, that they would put the time and effort, they would spend time with you. That out of the lives of the people here at Bible Baptist, Jesus would exist. That people could not help but say, they have been with Jesus. Father, then might we proclaim that there is no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. Would the neighbors know that? Would the co-workers, would the family, would the friends, would just people begin to realize Jesus is real? Father, we pray that you would work in a miraculous way here in this place. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.